Welcome to Women Who Rock, the podcast which features women who are rock stars in life, in business, and in the community. I'm Yvonne Harris, and along with my two amazing co-hosts, Arquella Hargrove and Carmen Herrera, we are excited to interview women from all walks of life who are making positive changes happen for their families, their communities, and their businesses. The three of us are truly fortunate to be surrounded by so many women who are committed to supporting the success of others and sharing their life lessons with the intention to make the journey simpler for those who they are honored to impact. We know you will be uplifted and inspired to let your inner rock star shine in a new and different way. Enjoy this episode. Joining us today, we have Caitlin Allen and Amanda Shea. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Amanda. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Please introduce yourselves to our listeners. Hi. So I'm Caitlin Allen. Um, I am president and CEO of Global Affairs Associates. And Amanda and I are business partners um, with very different backgrounds who've come together for a business we're passionate about. And this is Amanda Shea. Um, I am a UT Longhorn um, business major who found myself working in sustainability and loving it. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Tell us about Global Affairs Associates. Why did you start the business and what type of clients do you serve? So a little bit about us. We're a boutique ESG consulting company. ESG is an acronym for Environmental Social Governance. And we've been helping our companies, our clients, um, with their ESG reporting strategies and now energy transition strategies and communications since 2013. Um, We're unique and we believe a business appropriate approach is really the most sustainable report to ESG. Our mission is to empower companies to realize the value in social and environmental performance and transparency. So how did the two of you become partners? Well, um, so this is Caitlin. We, I started this as a sole proprietorship in 2013, um, pretty much working on my own with some support from subcontractors over the years. And um, the story is really one of, um, you know, very human desperation. (laughs) So I had two small children, um, two under two, and um, that was the year of Harvey. And we um, unrelatedly lost, lost our house to toxic mold and we're living in an apartment. And I suddenly had three major clients. Um, And uh, because of that, I also had a, phys- uh, a knee injury. I mean, it was just t- so much at once that yeah. really pushed me to the edge of realizing, why am I doing this alone? Why, why, why? And Amanda and I had been working together um, on several of those projects. And, you know, I, I really woke up one day and realized that without Amanda, Um, I would have totally failed. And I realized, why not do this together? She is so talented. She's so brilliant. Um, Why are we, basically, how do we become partners? I I begged her and begged her (laughs) 
<laughs> to marry me, which is what you do when you have a partnership. You know, you it's a legal uh, relationship, so it takes a lot of um, discussion and a lot of honesty and transparency. And we had to go through all kinds of terrible scenarios um, and really talk through what would we do in those scenarios. And we did it with, um, you know, mutual respect and honesty and we got there. And so um, Amanda, do you want to add anything to that process? Um, I think what was in, we are two basically, you know, solopreneurs, you know, freelancers, independent, right? But mm -hmm. when we were working together, you know, I mean, Caitlin was, you know, had hired me to help her with this project. We actually realized we worked really well together. And so the idea of really combining forces and getting more done, um, conquering more, let's say, right. um, with the two of us was really attractive. And I think from the beginning, you know, we have, a, you know, we share a common goal and common mission of what we want to do with this company. But, you know, where our skills and our expertise and our background, there's a little bit of overlap, but there's also, we have differences. We have our own strengths and they complement each other. I think that was what was so attractive about, you know, this partnership, you know, working with Caitlin, becoming a business partner with her, is I realized that we had enough similarities, but enough differences too, where we could actually have a better service, a better product, a better company together um, than individually. And I think also um, that what was so important was just this, we're both big into communication, like, let's just talk it out. Right. <laughs> and I think, mm -hmm. um, like Caitlin said, yeah. it is, you know, a relationship and you have to be, as I say, in a way, as committed to making that relationship work and talking things out and being open to those tough discussions and uncomfortable discussions, as well as Absolutely. the good ones and the celebrations, and you have to be there for both, right? And I think Absolutely. that's what made it easy. And since you've been partners now for several years, how do you keep that partnership healthy? Um, communication, 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 which is what you hear for any kind of relationship, a marriage, partnership, whatever it is. Um, but it's communication and also mutual respect, of course, and also disagreeing sometimes and being okay with, you know, letting the other person um, take the lead on that. You know, I mean, there, there are often things and it's usually relatively small things where I might've done it a different way or she looks at something I say, oh, I might've done that a different way. Um, or we differ, uh, uh, have a difference of opinion over an approach to something. Um, but, you know, part of that partnership is, is, is not always getting it exactly your way. And I think for me personally, um, that's helped me so much to expand my view of what the quote right way is to do things. Right. And so, um, you know, many, many, many times Amanda has proposed something or done something in a way that wouldn't have occurred to me and that makes me uncomfortable at first. And then I realized she was right. She was right. And I would have gotten that wrong if I had been on it, at it on my own. Um, so I think it, like any partnership, you know, you're, you're, you have to be open to being pushed a little bit outside of your own comfort zone and then sitting back and watching what happens. Right. And for us, um, I mean, it's usually right. So, <laughs> 
I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I think it is knowing that you're that mutual respect. You know, I know I'm working with an expert. I know I'm working with someone who's just as opinionated as I am. Yeah. I know I'm working with someone who is just as passionate as I am. And mm-hmm. giving someone, you know, their freedom, recognizing their expertise and their passion and giving them their freedom, you know, of, of what they want to do. And also, and I think in a way, when we challenge each other, I feel like it's a way to make it better. It's never out of spite or yes. negative intentions. It's to make it better. I think Absolutely. knowing that comes from a good place, and a, you know, well-intentioned place makes it easy to. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I was, um, you know, you always hear the studies that, you know, women uh, entrepreneurs, you know, is growing and it's always great to hear those numbers and, you know, me as a fellow entrepreneur, it's just, it's, it's great, to, you know, to be in that space. So my question for you all is, did you always dream of becoming an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> I, this is Caitlin. I never in a million years dreamed of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, in fact, I wanted to do pretty much the polar opposite, which is become a diplomat and represent the U.S. in the foreign service. So mm. <laughs> you can't get um, much farther from entrepreneurship than that. Mm. Um, but I was really pushed to become an entrepreneur by circumstance. And that's a whole other story for another day. Um, but I ended up back in Houston. And um, as I went through this process, really realized um, that entrepreneurship really is in my blood. Both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, All four of my grandparents were, some more successful than others. Um, But that really was a way to connect to my roots too. Um, and, And realize that, you know, those examples are all around me. Um, I just honestly had never pictured myself that way. Um, but when I did, I, I saw, you know, the, the good lessons learned all, all, all up across the board in my family and, um, has been a nice way to connect with my family as well. Nice. Nice. Amanda. Um, like Caitlin, I never dreamt of being an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, it was in 2015, the second time I was laid off in my, you know, work career. And in both times, all day, not the entire office was shut down. Mm. So this happened in 2015. And honestly, I was wondering, you know, what should I do next? I was tired of the rat race. And it actually gave me a great opportunity to reevaluate um, what did I want the rest of my working career to be? Um, and at, at that time, too, this idea of being, uh, I think, of the gig economy, of being a freelancer, or being an independent entrepreneur, of being a female entrepreneur, wasn't so crazy anymore. Um, so I think those kind of perfectly aligned, and the idea of, you know, being my boss was looking more and more attractive, and creating the kind of work that I wanted to work on, that I wasn't really honestly able to find um, around here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's the key is that, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's, it's the love of being your own boss, right? And just, um, and it comes with its ups and downs. But just really quickly, and one of you can answer this for us is what were some of the challenges um, about starting a business? Um, because again, as an entrepreneur, you're wearing all the different hats and, and it is, yeah. you're on all day, every day. Um, so what were some of the challenges? Maybe just share maybe one or two challenges with us. 
Sure. Well, um, for me personally, um, navigating the logistical bits um, seemed so daunting at the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. You know, which structure to use, um, understanding the tax implications, uh, sending, I have to send quarterly payments to the IRS. What does that even mean? You know, um, how to file for a name or an LLC. Um, and to me, they felt like massive barriers. Um, and I know that they feel like massive barriers to so many people. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth is they're really not that complicated. In, in fact, um, there's so many wonderful free resources out there and, and really legitimate nonprofit organizations. Um, so SCORE is one of the organizations, actually the organization I went to um, when I was starting up. SCORE is a nonprofit um, consisting of retired business owners and executives mm -hmm. and they mentor people who have their own businesses so i just popped into their offices and walked out with a checklist for everything i needed to do and i thought mm -hmm. oh well this isn't that hard after all um well don't let that unknown stop you from taking those yeah. first steps because there's so many resources out there we're going to move to um the next question um caitlin amanda around um, just what advice would you give women who dream of starting their business? And I was just sharing with the group last night is that this is the time where we, we see more entrepreneurs coming out um, during these type of crises. And you think about Kendra Scott, who started her business, you know, during the economic downturn in 2008. And so, and look at her now. So just what advice would you give to women who dream of starting their own businesses? Uh, sure, I'll start. This is Caitlin. Um, don't let the details hold you back. Uh, get over to SCORE, check out all the free and low-cost programs that are available through the Small Business Administration. Um, anyone can learn those details. You do not need a business degree to get the back end set up. Um, it's really not as scary as it seems. And, and one of the things that I found that's been somewhat surprising on this journey is that it's actually relatively easy today to start a business because there are so many low cost tools available online. Some are even free. Um, so for, for example, website creation, um, free CRMs, the, you know, customer uh, <clears throat> management systems. Um, so HubSpot is the one we use. Um, and with the, the basic versions, amazing. You think, how are they giving this away for free? Right. Um, tax, task trackers like Trello, um, bookkeeping software, and of course, working 100% remote is a massive cost savings. So, you know, even in years when revenues are lower, our margins are still really high. So it's, it's um, you know, it's getting past those details. You can do it. And there are plenty of online tools out there to help you. I love that, Caitlin. Don't let the details hold you back. Hey, Caitlin. Yes. Yeah. Caitlin and Amanda, I just want to kind of chime in with Arquilla. I mean, first of all, I just want to say to both of you, you are an amazing duo. I was listening to you when you talked about your partnership and, you know, what makes a successful partnership is the respect and knowing your lane and, and the communication. So I just want to say kudos to both of you and thank you and what you're doing as women who rock. But I, I wanted to add, you know, I know that you were nothing like I was when I was young and starting my business, and you're still very young. But what would you tell your younger self? Uh, what advice would you give you five or 10 years ago, either one of you? Well, I would tell my younger self, like my, my college self, 
um, take more business classes. You know, even, even if you don't imagine yourself as a business person, which I did not at the time, um, you need those skills to turn your passions into a livelihood. And even if you're not going to be an entrepreneur, you need those skills to help the organizations you believe in and want to work for succeed. Um, so that's one thing I, I do. I would tell my, my college self, um, take more business classes, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Caitlin, you gave me chills. I mean, that was perfect. Really? I agree. I'm a business major. <laughs> And, and uh, my business skills help me in life. And actually the advice I would give my younger self is join the UT sailing club like you wanted to. <laughs> it's actually kind of do the opposite. You were, you know, studying and studying all those finance, you know, for classes, accounting classes. I should have joined for the UT Fine. sailing club. Do it. <laughs> you, see, you see where the opposite, I spent my time learning like four languages and taking all this stuff. Um, and didn't spend a lick of time in finance. So this is why we complement each other that's so well, Amanda. <laughs> good balance, good balance. Well, that's what makes your partnership, you know, so, you know, fit so well is, you know, two peas in a pod doesn't always work, especially in business. So that was great. I love that, Amanda. So what's next? Yeah. <laughs> so this is Amanda and, you know, we're really active following the energy transition finance trends. Um, we've kind of been seeing this build up over the past few years and it's just coming to the forefront now. And so that's an area where we're working to educate our clients and also just the general you know, business community around here. So some examples of what we've been doing is we, last year we formed the Resilient Business Forum, which is a little side project of ours. Um, to just really bring this conversation about sustainability, um, business, and what does it mean for, for Houston companies? Um, we couldn't find anything like that, so we just decided to create it. Um, we're proud, you know, we're both Houstonians, and we're proud to be here, and we, we're proud to be the energy capital of the world, and I think that what that means, though, is transforming, and so we were so happy when the Center for Houston's Future kind of um, agreed to help us out and kind of support us on the project. And um, I'd say, you know, the number one thing that we're really looking at is how can we support more companies in understanding what are their climate-related risk and opportunities? Um, it's, I think, something that this global pandemic slowdown, um, you know, recession, whatever you want to call it, has brought to the forefront these global risks that affect everyone. And I, um, that's a, just like, I think, climate risk. It's something that's going to affect everyone. It's actually something you can't even you know, self-isolate or social distance from. And so that's really a new service line that we're really heavily promoting and just trying to get the word out about and help more companies understand this so they can plan better. Yeah, and just to add to that, Amanda, um, for, for folks that are listening that may not be aware, there is a single uh, extremely powerful, well-established framework for evaluating climate risks and opportunities um, from an organization called the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, which is a task force of the Financial Stability Board um, of the G20 countries. So this is not something that, you know, we kind of came up with ourselves and are promoting as a GAA service. 
this is actually the recommendation from the Financial Stability Board. Um, and they've, they released that, essentially unleashed it to the world and said, everybody go, go do this. <laughs> so we um, wow. you know, now have the capability to lead companies through that process. And, um, you know, there, there are not a ton of uh, other firms with that capability in Texas. So we want to be that firm and we are the women owned wow. firm here, um, local. Uh, we're not coming in from California to tell everybody what to do our way. We're our, we are Texans and, um, we are equipped to do this for companies. Let's be real. I mean, we recognize the, the pain that a lot of our clients and very good friends, dear friends and family members in, in the industry are going through right now with, with the downturn. And so, um, you know, we're, we're sensitive to that. And, and at the same time, um, you know, really recognize this pandemic as, as a just really concrete example of what can happen when a global risk is unmitigated and what can happen financially. You know, folks, Tend, sometimes folks tend to think of this climate stuff as, as fuzzy tree hugger things. Um, and I love tree huggers, you know, and don't get me wrong, but this is a financial stability issue. Um, this is a, an economic stability issue. And it's a very serious one that the financial community um, broadly and globally is taking extremely seriously. And so um, that's not changing. Everything we've been following that has not changed one iota due to due to COVID. If not, if anything else has accelerated that. And um, our newsletter going out this week has a lot of articles on that. You can sign up for our newsletter at globalaffairsassociates.com. The name of our podcast is Women Who Rock. We invited you because you are totally rocking it. <laughs> we are admiring <laughs> you, you from afar. But give us two or three descriptors. When you think of a woman who's rocking it and she's like totally killing it in her career at home, what words come to mind for you? Amanda, can you kick us off? The two things, words that come to my mind and they're kind of related is perseverance and grit. I think we all experience up and downs in our lives. And I admire those people who tough it out, find a way through and just persevere with grit. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Caitlin? It's that confidence. It's that confidence. It's knowing that your sense of worth comes from within and not from any sort of other external affirmation or praise or anything like that. And so when you lay your head down at night, you know you've done well, or if it's been a tough day, you know you can try again tomorrow and you don't define yourself by the, the tough moments, um, but by that real internal wholeness. Um, and that comes through as confidence, that comes through as the ability to speak your mind um, respectfully um, and, and not needing to attack anyone for any reason, right? And I think that that's when I see women really rocking it, you can just feel their confidence. You can feel that and it's so wonderful. Recently, I was reminded of uh, someone from our past, Harriet Tubman, and you just described her. She persevered. She, yes. she was brave. She had confidence. And, you know, you just, just described her. So I want to hear from you. Who is your Shiro? 
who do you, you know, who, who, whether it's now or in your uh, growing up, who did you really admire and, and look to? Um, this is someone probably very few people have heard of. Um, her name is Gru Harlan Brundtland. Um, and she's a former prime minister of Norway um, who led um, the UN Brundtland Commission on Sustainable Development in the 1980s, um, where really the rural community came together and said, what does, what does it really mean, right? You know, you'd had um, a lot of the environmental devastation of the 1970s um, and folks waking up and saying, oh my gosh, I can't go swimming in that lake, right? Um, what do we do about this? And so that, that commission, um, you know, laid out that definition of sustainable development that is so philosophically beautiful, um, which is wow. essentially not, not living beyond our means, right? It's, it, it just means development that allows us to meet our needs while also allowing future generations to meet their own needs. And, um, and awesome. that is just so philosophically succinct about economic growth. And that's just simply not true. And you can go read the Brentland Commission report and um, that, that it's three pillars. It's economics, it's uh, people and human development, and it's our planet um, and environmental protection. And so those three can coexist. We know they can. Um, it's, it's a matter of making a choice. And so, um, Gru Harlan Brundtland is, is really one of my heroes. I mean, who else could have brought the world community together on a topic well, like that? <laughs> okay, ladies. So when you are in the zone and you are totally rocking out, what is on your playlist? Amanda, let's start with you. So I grew up in the nineties and I'm a Gen Xer. So I'd say garbage, no okay. doubt, Nirvana and Depeche Mode. <laughs> cool. I love it. I love it. All great groups. Caitlin, what about you? Oh, anyone who knows me personally knows Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shakira is one of my, was one of my first Spanish teachers. And I um, really attribute um, some of my Spanish uh I guess, education to Shakira, right. um, listening to her songs, especially her original work that was so poetic and philosophical um, before she burst on the scene in the U.S. Um, but I still love her and all of her work, especially her humanitarian work. Um, and my kids are tiny. They're three and five, but they've recognized Shakira's voice on the radio for several years now, and I'm very proud. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Well, you guys have been so much fun, and I know this podcast is going to be audio only, but you guys have to come back and join us again when it's audio and video. And at that time, Caitlin, maybe you can show us your Shakira moves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at one point a certified Zumba instructor, so. <laughs> wow. Wow. We'll have to get Little known fact. <laughs> Well, this has oh. been great, ladies. Thank you so much. And please come back and join us soon. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women Who Rock, co-hosted by Arquella Hargrove, Carmen Herrera, and me, Yvonne Harris. 
Become a loyal listener of Women Who Rock by subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to our families, especially our moms, friends, girlfriends, and chicas who power us to live our best lives. Until next time, be the authentic rock star you are created to be.